You take your Bible tonight and go into the book of Matthew, chapter number 3, the third chapter of the book of Matthew. I want to deal with a subject that I've preached on many times down through the years. And I want to kind of turn it around a little bit and ask another question. Uh, the, you know, we're thinking about what uh, God has done and what He's doing. We'll look at the Word of God. Now, we're going to talk about the baptism of Jesus Christ tonight. And I'm going to ask a question like, why was he baptized? A lot of people don't know why. How essential is a baptism to salvation? And so many people are confused on that. Baptists are confused. Uh, a lot of other religions are built on the doctrine of baptism. And, uh, you know, they, they look at it and, and so forth. But I want to look at the biblical view of baptism. If, baptize, if baptism saves people, then you're saying that Jesus had to be saved. And if you believe Jesus had to be saved, then you believe tonight that he had sin in his life. And if he had sin in his life, he could not have been the supreme sacrifice for my soul because it was a perfect God that died for me on the cross of Calvary. Amen. And we want to look at the fundamentals of that tonight. So therefore you take away the deity and the divinity of Christ when you uh, put it that way. So Christ was baptized. Why was he baptized? Was it necessary? I believe it was necessary for a, po for, for a purpose. But not for salvation. Amen. I believe every child of God needs... After they've been saved, after they've been saved, after they've been saved, I'm hung up on that. After they've been saved, they need to be baptized. Amen. You don't have to be. You can go to heaven without it. But I believe tonight, if you want to honor God and honor His service and be a blessing to those you come in contact with, you need to go through water baptism. Amen. What kind of baptism do we need? Not sprinkling, not uh, dipping, amen, and not splashing. No, sir. And so we're going to look at that tonight. I pray God will help us. Now, let's look at this. In Matthew chapter 3, I'm not going to have you to stand because I'm going to look at it verse at a time. And I don't want you to have to stand for the whole time I'm preaching. It's bad enough for me. So I'll spare you tonight, okay? The Bible said in Matthew chapter number 3, in those days, you'll have to go back and look at those days. It was in the early days of, of Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, actually is, is in the early days of his ministry. He was actually 30 years old here. And uh, that's when he basically had his baptism. But I say the early days and stages of that, and we'll look at something. Maybe we'll get to it tonight. But I want to look at this in, in, in the Scriptures, and it said, In those days, at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, of course, there was the ministry of John the Baptist first. In those days came John the Baptist. Now, some people believe we're Baptists because uh, John the Baptist started the Baptist. But uh, don't, don't get hung out on that. Amen. He said, I'm a Baptist because of John the Baptist. Uh, they can refute you on that and, and, and laugh at you for that. I'm a Baptist because I believe it's the closest thing to the Word of God. I don't agree with everything on the Baptists. They don't agree on everything with me either. A lot of things Baptists do that's not even scriptural. But it's tradition. Amen, and I'm not going to get into that, and we won't argue about it, all right. We, we can discuss it sometime, but not argue with it. In those days came John the Baptist singing. That ain't right, is it? In those days came John the Baptist playing. There you go, preaching. I like that. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Matter of fact, you'll find him baptizing. Now, I believe tonight every child of God, and I hope you have your Bible in your lap. 
I pray tonight you got Jesus in your heart. And I pray that God through the Spirit will give you wisdom and understanding and know what we're talking about. It didn't say in those days John the Baptist came tiptoeing through the tulips. It didn't say in those days that John the Baptist came, uh, you know, sprinkling water. And, uh, you know, just kind of squirting rose water. And patting people on the back and telling them how good they were. When we get down to verse number 7, you're going to change your mind. But in verse 1, John the Baptist came forth and came out preaching. Amen. Now people don't like preaching in this day. I'm old fashioned. I like preaching. I love to preach. You know why people don't like preaching? Because they have to make a decision with what God says. God's preaching will make you make up your mind about something and change your heart about other things. And so we look at that. But God teaches us that preaching is the power of God. And God saves through His preaching. Amen. And I want you to know John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit of God. We'll read down through here and find out that he was. He, matter of fact, you say, I don't believe he's filled with the Spirit. Well, I'll tell you right now, he got it locked sooner than a lot of others did. In the book of Luke, when Mary said, you know, was with Elizabeth, John's mother, guess what? Uh, Amen. When she told it, Jesus, she's going to bring Jesus into the world. Old John the Baptist got to shouting and praising God and leaping in the womb. So he is filled with the Spirit before he is ever born. Filled with the Spirit before he was ever born. Isn't that good? Praise God. So old John, he goes to getting down to business and uh, uh, he knew a little bit about church. Don't tell me tonight John Baptist didn't know anything about it. His father, his daddy, Zacharias, was a priest. He served in the, in the temple. He served in the, in the house of God. And so he knew about the religious crowd. He knew what it was to be religious. He knew what it was to pretend for people to pretend that they were you know, righteous and so forth. So John comes preaching in verse number 2. He said, And say and repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was a preacher of repentance. Amen. He's a, a repentance preacher. Now we got a lot of preachers today, but they don't preach repentance. Amen. You know what a fellow told me repentance was? Having a change of mind about things. Amen. I, I could have a change of mind and not drive a Toyota and drive a Ford and then change my mind and quit driving a Ford and drive a Chevrolet. But that ain't repentance. Amen. And I say that repentance is having a change of heart, not a change of mind. And God has to change the heart to help us to repent. And brother, we'll look at that. I ain't got time to get too deep in this tonight. But here's what John said in verse 3. He said, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. And this is the New Testament. That's Isaiah. That's who he's talking about. Saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Amen. Remember I said the other night, they're talking about all this gay stuff and, and transgender stuff. Amen. And uh, they call us straight. I have no problem being called straight. I'm on the straight and narrow way. I'm, a, I'm walking in the straight path for God. Amen. Broad is, a, is the way. I want to tell you it leads to destruction. But straight is the gate, brother, where I got in at. And I like it. Praise God. So you can label me whatever you want to be, but they, they don't bother me when they say that. And then in verse 4, he said this, And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle, 
about his loins and his meat was locust and wild honey. Now remember in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now he didn't come out uh, from somewhere else. He didn't come out of the seminary or the cemetery. He didn't come out of all the religious works. But he came out of the wilderness. Now he was in the wilderness preaching here. But he came out of the wilderness. You know wilderness is not a good place to be anyhow. Praise God preaching to get you out of it. You get in the wilderness. That's where God can equip you. How many of y'all have walked in the wilderness? So you know what I'm talking about if you hadn't been there. Amen. If you hadn't ever done nothing for God, you probably ain't been in the wilderness. But God put Moses on the backside of the desert and kept him out there for 40 years. You know why Moses stayed 40 years on the backside of the desert? It took 40 years for God to de-educate all that Egypt put in him. Egypt's the type of the world. It took 40 years for God to get Moses in the atmosphere to believe that God could direct him and lead him and guide him and de-educate him. What do they call that when you when you have uh, you go to a service or something and they you in so, what do they call they call something other they they de something to you? What is it? Uh, debrief you, yeah. God had to debrief old Moses. He's on the backside of the desert, but he come out in flying colors and went down there and brought the Israelites out of Egypt. Praise God for that. So God de-educated Moses and got him prepared. And for 40 years, he built up that uh, reliance on God and his faith in God. And he come out, amen, fighting. And I'll tell you, he came out with victory in his soul. So I believe John, he's been in the wilderness. He's been there for a while. Now he's come out. Now, can you see him when he come down? The Bible said in verse number four, I read it a while ago, and the same John had his raiment of camel's hair. I ain't so sure I want to have any raiment of camel's hair. I'd like to have some hair, but any camel's hair I'd like to have. Amen. And so he come out with a raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle. I don't believe that's uh, very comfortable. Amen. I, that what, what he's trying to tell us tonight is, John wasn't a very comfortable feller. No wonder he preached. You come dressed in camel's hair and a leather and girdle, amen, about your loins, and eating locusts and wild honey, like grasshoppers and wild honey, whatever that is. And they said that's for medicinal purposes. These things keep him well. I don't know what, but he didn't come out in a, in a suit and tie, didn't come driving up in a fine car, Amen. Wasn't pastoring a big church. He just come out in the wilderness preaching and preached Christ and preached repentance. And he said, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. Praise God. Repent ye. Amen. The Bible tells us, you remember what Luke chapter 3 uh, says to us tonight? Amen. Was it 13.3? What does it say? And it tells us to repent, don't it? Amen. We're to repent. Amen. So we won't go to hell. Now he preached repentance. Preachers don't preach it, but they need to preach it. Repent ye. Repent ye. Well, he had all this. Now he got to verse 5. Then went out uh, to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the religion round about Jordan. They actually went out to see what's going on. He had been making a racket. Amen. He's a lot of preachers can't make enough racket to get anybody to hear them anyhow. Amen. And others are just a racket. God help us. If there's anything I believe we got missing in our society right now, it's preaching. Strong preaching. Bible preaching. Spirit-filled preaching. Powerful preaching. Preaching that will move you. Preaching that will shake you. Preaching that will put something under you. And put something in you. And push something out of you. Amen. For the glory of God. Amen. And that's what preaching does. And I like to preach. And I pray God pray. All you men ought to be up praying for me tonight. God fill us up. Of course if that, that could be detrimental to you. Because God could work through me to get to you too. Amen. Then he said in verse 5. Then went out to him Jerusalem. Here they come to see him. What I said a while ago, and all Judea 
and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan. Now notice three things, three words here. They said confessing their sins. Did you know that's one of the hard things it is to get God's people to do? There ain't too many people today know that they've even sinned. How many sinners have you run into lately? I get out and talk to them and I say, are you saved? Well, I think I saved. Yeah, I saved back under. You know what I, what I get people to tell me every time? Not every time, but a lot of times and most of the time when I say, have you been born again? They'll say, I was baptized when I was 19. I said, but have you been saved? And they said, another will say, oh, I was baptized when I was 14. I found out that most people will tell you when they've been to the river or to the lake or the baptismal pool or whatever, and that's when they claim that they got saved. Yeah. Now, beloved, I want to tell you something. I remember when I got baptized. I do. It's over yonder under the bridge between Habersham and White County in the river under the old bridge. Now, you know it's been a long time. But let me tell you something. I don't go around bragging about when I got baptized. I remember walking down the aisle one night or one Sunday morning sitting about oh, where this brother is right now. And the Holy Ghost got a hold of me and the preacher got to preach and he preached the whole load. I thought he was never going to quit. Amen. Uh, everybody else is sleeping on him, but the Holy Ghost had got me awake. And I thought I was going to hell. Matter of fact, I knew I was going to hell and I was actually wishing he'd shut up just like everybody else was wishing but except I was wanting him to quit so I could get down there and do business. Amen. And when he quit preaching, I jumped up and run. I started to go out the door instead but instead I come forward and the first step was rough but after that, I got down. Next thing you know, I done got committed. And that preacher jumps down there and he said, what are you here for? And I said, I've come down to get saved. And he said, well, let me read you something. And I said, I just said, oh God. I didn't care where he read anything in the world to me. All I know is I was going to hell. And if I died in that condition, I was going to hell. Nothing could change that. And I said, oh God, save my soul. I remember the prayer I prayed. Amen. You said, Boy, you was real good with it. That's all I know to do. Several years later, some preacher looked at me and he said, you know, all they got to do is pray the sinner's prayer. I said, well, let me tell you something. Am I going to hell? And he said, well, have you been saved? I said, I never prayed the sinner's prayer as per se the Bible called the sinner's prayer. You know what the sinner's prayer is? Oh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. Nobody had ever told me that. I run, how many of y'all knew that is in the Bible when you got saved? Some of you might have. But I guarantee you most of you didn't even know that was there. And I run down the aisle, I bowed down to the altar, and that preacher come down and read me that. There's some things out of the Scriptures I don't even know what he opened his Bible up to. I don't even know what he said to me. I just said, oh, God save me. And he's a praying. I don't know what he's a praying, how he's praying. And I jumped up from there, 12 years old. Jumped up from there and said, I want everybody to know God saved me. Now, I didn't have no long testimony. I didn't talk about what I was going to do for God. I didn't talk about what I had done for the devil. I didn't brag on nobody but Jesus. And that morning I said, the Lord has saved my soul. That's all I know to say. Matter of fact, I was bashful. One of the most bashful fellers in the world. I know if God saved me, make me a... Somebody can speak all the time. He can do it to you too. And amen. I just kept going to church. And I was 12 years old. I didn't get in the world of sin. I do know the Holy Spirit of God moved into me. I didn't know it then. But later I found it out. Amen. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I could quote John 3.16 and I'd only learned that because I want me a star on my Sunday school report. Amen. 
And that's what I read my Bible every day. Amen. I didn't know what I was reading, but I read my Bible. I was a daily Bible reader before I got saved. You know, I was a daily Bible reader. How many in the class has read your Bible every day? That woman licked that star and she'd stick it right up on my name. Amen. And at the end of the month, yes, early I had stars all by my name. But I was lost on my way to hell. I don't know what I was reading. I'd done that to get the little record, record you know. Amen. I remember a fellow in one of the churches I pastored. He, he was, just pardon me tonight, he was a devil. But he had been, he'd been to church for years. And I want you to know, and he would come to church with his Sunday school pins and his string away down. He wanted everybody to see them Sunday. He hadn't missed a day at church. He hadn't missed a service at all. He was there and he got those Sunday school pins. Amen. You said, how come we don't have them around you? I don't want you running around bragging about Sunday school. I just wish you'd come. Amen. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, God knows where you're at. Amen. You remember back when I was a young boy, they they had signs. You see where them two little plaques are up there? They'd have Sunday school boards on one side and training union on the other. Now, that's your Southern Baptist churches that do that. They still do that today, I guess. Matter of fact, the independent churches do. I've been in independent churches that have that. Well, guess what? When they took the offering up, the men would go count the offering, come up and put it up on the wall. And everybody knew how much offering was taken that morning in Sunday school. You said, that'd be nice to know around here. Well, then on the other, there's two things they looked at. They looked at how many was there, and that's what they got on Sunday night. They wanted to see how many was there and how much money they took in. How come we don't do that here, preacher? I don't want you sitting there figuring out all that. You've got your mind 40 miles away, and you're trying to count numbers. I quit counting numbers a long time. Some preachers count ears instead of noses. You get twice as many people that way. And it's not the number. Yeah, I wish our church was filled. I wish we'd have to have a building program too old for one, but I'll be glad to start. I mean, I'd be glad tonight to have to have a building program tonight because we didn't have enough room to put it. Now, a matter of fact, now let me just go on to say this. Before that happens, we'll have chairs everywhere and the choir be full and we'll... Take them doors down out there and we'll sit in them other room. We'll knock a hole out in them walls there. And we'll put us an outhouse down yonder. Amen. And so what I'm trying to tell you is we're going to look for God to bless, but we're not going to do what we think we need to do to get the crowd. God wants to send them in, that's fine. If they want to come and hear the preaching of the Word of God, that's fine. But if they don't want the Word of God, then they'll have to go somewhere else. I wouldn't want them to come here and be miserable. Amen. Praise God. I love the preaching of the Word of God. You know, when I go to church, I go where they go, where they got preaching. Amen. Yeah. I heard a preacher this morning said, well, come and visit us tonight. We have have our Bible study. And we have our Awanas and our children group. And I thought of that. Look, I'm not into that. Amen. Everybody needs preaching. I look back to see where I was messed up on that. Somebody said, I believe you messed up on that preacher. I messed up on a lot of things. Yep, 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 yep. And you name a few of them I messed up on and I'll have to agree with you. I'm no country boy. But I look back and I didn't see where Jesus had a one us. I didn't see where Jesus had a children's church except he had them out on the hill teaching and preaching to them. Amen. And I tell you, he didn't bring them in and, amen, he fed them. After he got through this preaching and everything, he fed them with some fish and bread. That was just, amen. A couple of times there we find in the Word of God he'd done it. But we're not into that kind of thing. 
Uh, what happens, we got a lot of churches now that have all that. And you know, they depend on that. Well, I want to tell you, I go to the house of God to learn from the Word of God something that I need to know. I need to know something. And my Bible's pretty plain. Now, I want to look at something here. In verse number 7, the Bible says, and this word gets kind of rough. He's an old seasoned preacher, John is. And uh, he's, he's not a mealy mouth. He don't have a backbone, amen, flimsy. He got a backbone like a saw log. I mean, his hide's like an alligator. Just think about it. He's got leather and girdle on him anyhow. He's a tough old critter. He's a real country boy if I've ever seen one. And he's out there preaching. And he's a forerunner. And he said in verse number 7, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, somebody said, Well, now John, I don't believe old John preached to the crowds. And kind of, well, when he saw the Pharisees and Sadducees, he preached things something different than he did to the others. Amen. Uh, when preachers see sinners come to the house of God, he preaches a different message than he does to that crowd tonight that is religious. Did you? Okay, okay. I just wanted to see if anybody got that. So John changed his message when the Pharisees, you know who the Pharisees were? They're the ones that could dot the I's and cross the T's of the law. They could tell you when you're doing right. They could tell you when you're doing wrong. They tell you when they fasted. They told you when uh, they prayed. They told you how they do, uh, they just bragged on themselves about what. They, I'm scared to death of people in the church just bragging about. I read 1,900 uh, verses of scripture this week. I talked to two, two men about the Lord. Now sometimes I tell you, but I'm just telling you because God gave me the opportunity. Amen. You don't give me opportunities anymore to talk to people. It's hard to find them. It's hard to run them down now, ain't it? Praise God. You just about have to have a laser gun to stop some of them. But you hear me? And when you hear somebody say, Praise God, I fast and I, I tithe and I, I give this and I give that and I do this and I do that. I mark you off. Amen. I used to look at my wife and said, Are they coming up the road to see us? And I'd say, honey, go hide the silverware. They all but steal. Now, you don't know where I ever said that about any of y'all or not. But I'll just tell you tonight, quit worrying about it, I didn't. Amen. Because you never come to see me. I probably would have told you. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you tonight that the Pharisees would come up and they were the religious crowd. The Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection. As Brother Sammy Allen always said, and the Sadducees, since they didn't believe in a resurrection, they were sad, you see. And so they had a different religious system. Now in the days of Christ, when he started a ministry here, right before he's baptized, he's coming on the scene, John's going to baptize him in a minute. And guess what? Uh, there was four different... There was the Herodians. They had the Herodians in that day. And they were the followers of Herod. They were those. They had the Pharisees. They had the Sadducees. And uh, they had that religious crowd of those who followed after uh, you know, the Jewish religion in a sense too. Of course, the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. And they had to, and Jesus started dealing with that religious crowd. So John, he saw them Pharisees and them Sadducees and he knew what they stood for. So he said, come, uh, come to his baptism. Here's what he said in verse number seven. He said unto them, O generation of vipers. I never will forget when I was a, just a young preacher. My daddy was going to the church that I got saved in. I was going, I was at another church then. I was teaching and working in church. And I went to see my daddy after service on a Sunday morning. And uh, the pastor got up. 
where my daddy was a pastor. I mean, my daddy was a deacon. And he said, I want to talk to you deacons a minute. Had several deacons. Daddy one of them, he said, you deacons ain't nothing but a bunch of buzzers. You only want to show up when somebody's dead or something's dying. And he said, I'm going to pray today that God straighten you out. Well, now that irritated my daddy. I went to eat dinner with him and he said, he called us buzzards. And I said, daddy, do you understand what he meant? He said, yeah, he said we was buzzards. It upset him. And so what it was, I know what the preacher's doing. He might not have handled it right. I don't think he did, but I'm saying to you this. He's saying, oh, you're a bunch of buzzards. John the Baptist said you're a bunch of vipers. You know what a viper is? Snake. But now let's go a little bit. It's not just a snake. It's a venomous snake. A poisonous snake. He said, you Pharisees and Sadducees, you're a bunch of vipers. I mean, here you are, you don't walk according to the Word of God. You know all about the Word of God, but you don't even know the God of the Word of God. And so he had a strong message. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? They come to his baptism and he said, Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth fruit, good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So John keeps on preaching. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now I don't have time to get into that tonight, but that's a good study. I got baptized and I got saved. I'm talking about in in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I got baptized into one body by one spirit. That wasn't a physical baptism. It was a spiritual baptism. When you get saved, the Spirit of God moves into you. Amen. And the devil moves out. I know some people today that they, I believe they still got the devil and they claim Christ is in it. And both of them can't live in the same house. Amen. Praise God, men and women have a hard time living together when they don't have the Lord. Just imagine the devil and God living together. It won't work. I'm going to get into the baptism with fire. You'll find that. And it goes a little bit deeper than this. And that's what we need. And then there's some people, you know, talk about it. And you've got people that's got denominations or fire baptized and all that. And they use that in a wrong, disorderly fashion. And I'm not getting into that either right now. That's another study. That's something from the Word of God. I can give you a lot of scripture on every bit of that. But I don't have time. I'm preaching on why was Jesus baptized. And I ain't got there yet, have I? Now what he said is in verse 12, who, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, we're going to get down to the baptism. We'll get off of John for a moment. Well, to a certain degree. Verse 13 said, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. I told you a while ago that it's not for salvation. We've got many people. We've got the Roman Catholics. And uh, they will baptize babies when they call it infant baptism. And baptism to them is sometimes sprinkling and sometimes pouring. They'll pour water on them. We know that they broke away from the Catholic Church Many years ago, and they called themselves Protestants. And people today, I see it in the funeral announcements sometimes, uh, 
that they were of the Baptist faith. They'll put that in sometimes, but sometimes they'll, uh, they'll call themselves Protestants and they give the name of the church that they've been going to and it's a Baptist church. I'm going to tell you tonight, Baptists are not Protestants. That may be a hard pill to swallow and something you don't understand, but I'll explain it just a little bit. Protestants are those who broke away from the Catholic Church and a lot of it was on because of infant baptism. Not all of it, but a lot of other things. Now the Catholics believe that you pray to Mary, or Mary can intercede for you. They also believe that you, you pay penance and put money in the box and the preacher can take care of you. They believe you can go to purgatory and if you pay enough, it, after your loved one dies and they didn't make it to heaven... And just in case they went to purgatory, you can pray them out of purgatory and finally get them into heaven. Now all that is foreign tonight to the Word of God, as you can find. You'll not find that listed in the Word of God nowhere. And I'm no King James Bible man, and I believe the Bible. And so they'll take that, they come out. So there was the Presbyterians, the Episcopalians, which I call them the Whiskeypalians because they like to drink. Uh, the Methodists. Let me see if I can give you some more here. I think I jotted them down here somewhere in my notes. Uh, the Church of Christ, the Christian Church, and some of the other cults that you find today believe in baptism. And it's amazing to me how you find many Baptists believe that baptism is essential to salvation. I do not believe that baptism is essential to salvation. If it had been, then God changed His mind at Malachi. And He started baptism because you don't find baptism in the Old Testament. And baptism is a type of works and God don't want works. I hear so many say, I was baptized here. I was baptized there. And what they're saying is, this is what i done. i baptized. But when they tell me that, you know what I say to them? I didn't learn that for just a few, last few years. I say, how did, you bapti- how did you get baptized? They said, well, they just went down to the river, and they baptized me there. And I said, uh, they what? He said, they baptized me. Who baptized you? Well, the preacher baptized me. I said, Okay. Then you didn't do nothing, did you? Can anybody in here in this building baptize yourself? Would you want to try it? He's going to have to be baptized pretty soon right here. You want to try it yourself? All right. Can you just see you falling back in the water, getting underneath and just getting back up? It don't work that easy. Anybody ever been in the water? I had a lady in the river... When I was up here pastoring, I went to Atlanta, and as a Chattahoochee, that's what I was baptized in, as a Chattahoochee. But when I got to Atlanta, Chattahoochee had got big. I mean, big. And they said, we're going to baptize the Chattahoochee preacher. And I said, all right, let's go out and look at it. I went out there and I said, that thing's big, deep. And I said, oh, what are we going to do? And this woman weighed about 350 pounds. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, have mercy, what am I going to do? I ain't kidding you. She was a big woman. And here I am. I was a little fella then. I, I probably could handle that a little bit better now. But I'm being as old, I don't know where I could or not. But I'm telling you this. I baptized her. I looked at that. And I'm saying, oh, God, help me. Help me. Help me. Now, I didn't tell that to the people out there. They thought I was Superman. And I put her down under the water and her feet come up off the ground. And she's floating around a little bit and I got her all under and back up. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Bragged about that for a long time. Lord, you bless me. You bless me. I thought she was going to baptize both of us. But she couldn't do it. Somebody had to do it. 
baptize that woman. I want to tell you, everybody in this building, if you've been baptized, somebody done it for you. Jesus proved that. The Son of God could have baptized Himself. He's, he's God. Now let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know this. Maybe you don't, don't remember exactly. Maybe you've forgotten. You do know it, but you maybe let it slide. Jesus, right here at this particular place, is 100% man, and He's 100% God. He's not half man, and He's not half God. Don't you let anybody ever teach you that. When He was born of a virgin, He was a 100% man when He was born. But He was conceived of the Holy Ghost in the virgin womb, and that made Him... All God at the same time. He was divine and human at the same time. Had to be that way. No man could have died for you. No man could have died for me. Because all men have sinned. Christ lived a sinless life. For, thir- for three, 33 and a half years upon this earth, He lived without any sin whatsoever. And if you don't believe in the perfected the Son of God tonight, a sin, sinless Son of God, you still don't have a Savior. That's right. Amen. He's you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to lay this out pretty plain. Now, he went down there to John the Baptist. The Bible said in verse 14, but John forbade him. That means stopped him. He said, no, can't do it. Saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. Listen, John didn't tell no lie. John had need to be baptized of him. But Jesus said uh, here in, in verse number 15, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Do you get that? Why was Jesus baptized? To fulfill all righteousness. That's not the human mind saying that. That's God Almighty. So John said, okay, I'll do it. And what it is, he's saying I'm going to have to baptize him because it is to fulfill all righteousness. It's the righteous thing to do. Now why was was Jesus baptized? Not tonight to prove salvation because he wasn't lost. It wasn't to set an example that you and I have to be baptized to get born again because we can't get born again. Amen. Water will not wash away sin. The Bible says we have to be born of the water and of the Spirit. And he's not talking about the water that's in the river. Amen. Every person in this building tonight, every man, every woman, every boy and girl that's sitting here in this congregation that has been born of the water of a woman. And the spiritual birth is of the Spirit. When a woman has a child, the first thing it goes usually she, her water breaks. You understand? Water in that scripture, John chapter 3, is the Word of God. We're washed by the water of the Word, the book of Ephesians says. So that's, he wasn't baptized to set that for us. But he's saying, I'll tell you what, I'm fixing to do one thing. I come into the world to do one thing, and that's to seek and to save that which was lost. When he was born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger, he came for one purpose, to become the sin sacrifice, the substitute for all men, and become the salvation of our soul. He came for one purpose, die on the cross of Calvary. Then he went to the grave and arose and ascended up into heaven. Now I want to tell you why he was baptized. To set the example, Jesus said, I'm fixing to start my ministry. And I want you to follow. I'm going to do this because baptism represents the death. Amen. You're buried in the water. 
and you, you know, bury them, put them in the water, raise them back up. That's death, burial, and resurrection. You bury the old man, the old life, what you used to be, what you used to do, and you stand up and you're walking in the newness of life. You're not what you used to be. That's what it represents every single time. And Jesus says, if you want to have a service, you can go to heaven without baptism. Don't let nobody kid you. The thief, one of the thieves did on the cross of Calvary. He saved him. But he did not baptize him. They didn't baptize him before he'd been in the graveyard either. He is dead. So that's a type of the death, burial, and resurrection. And it's the hand of God upon our service. I believe before you'll ever be what God really wants you to be, you've got to have that baptism. Water. Baptism. And it tells us how. Verse number 16 said, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway. Went up straightway. Went up. That means he put him down in the water, put him up. It's one of the commentator, one of the commentaries I was reading one time. He's well known. Everybody would know him, know of him. Popular, dead, gone, been gone a long time. He said, "Scripture's wrong right here." Said it should have read that he come to the brink of the water, and they should have, and it should read it, it throwed some water upon him, and that's not what it reads. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and said, Lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. He is in the will of God. He came to do the will of God in the will of God. You find the Trinity here. When he come up out of the water, that's Jesus that's come up out of the water. The Spirit of God descending like a dove lights upon him in verse number 16. That's the type of the Spirit of God. The dove is always a type of the Spirit. Verse 17 said, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's God the Father speaking. The Holy Ghost of God like a dove lights on him. And he's standing there. There's the Trinity. That's why he told us, in Matthew, the last chapter of Matthew, last few verses, go into all parts of the world, preach, teach, and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And when I baptize people, I baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we've got a crowd that runs up and down the country now saying, you baptize in Jesus only. And they read that one verse, Acts 2.38, and they'll claim that you just baptize in the name of Jesus. Had a little church down below us, started a little church in the community center. And they had some people get saved. And he called me up one day because we had a baptismal uh, pool in the back of the church. And he said to us, he said, we got several needs to be baptized. Preacher, can we borrow your baptismal pool? And uh, you use it to baptize our converts. And I said, well, let me ask you how you baptize. He said, I baptize the way the Bible says. I said, would you mind telling me what the Bible says? He said, we baptize in the name of, of, of Jesus. I said, Jesus only? He said, yes, that's what the Bible says. I said, no, you can't use ours because we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And that's what God told me to do. I've never baptized anybody but in them three names. One God. And so he said, what am I going to do? I said, I don't know. Get you a bathtub or something. Amen. I hung up on him. I'm through. You hear me? I'm telling you tonight, we've got people that will, will they'll, they'll lock horns with you on that. But I stay with my Bible. Now, some of y'all said, oh, I won't, I won't argue. I don't know where you argue about. I know you wouldn't. That's why you don't have that job. <laughs> Amen. So, why was Jesus baptized? To set the example for you and me to do the service of God to honor the death, burial, and resurrection and tell the world that you've passed from death unto life, that you've been dead, buried, and now you've risen 
and you're going to go forward for God. Amen. Amen. Now that's, that's about as deep as I got into that in all these years. And there's a, that's just scratching it. I give you some more, but you ain't, I don't see some of you done had more than you need. Or you think you have. You ain't had more than you need, but you think you have. All right? So I'll let you go and we'll go home. But I believe tonight the Bible's right. I said I believe tonight the Bible's right. I believe tonight the Bible's right. Amen. All right. Praise God. Sometimes it just don't get over. I've raised kids. I know what it is. You have to speak to them a little louder every once in a while. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I didn't go out through the house of three young and saying, All right now, don't do that. All right now. No, pay attention to me. I said, Listen! Open your ears! Amen. That's why I holler so much in the church. I have to do that. Amen. Pastor. Preaching to a bunch of kids. They're God's kids. But you preach to them. You're the children of God. Amen. I listen to, listen, I don't get up here and just hammer and raise all the uh, noise I can raise to get your attention just to be doing it. Uh, They don't tell how many preachers I've heard this week. And some of them have skint my hide bad. Some of them come along, I've heard one or two, and they, they've got a hold of me, and another come along and poured salt in. You know what salt does to an open wound, don't you? <laughs> and uh, so, I'm used to being hollered. God has to holler at me. Every time I read the Bible, He's hollering at me. Amen. Now you said, I thought He speaks in a still, small voice. He does. But I'm hard to hear. Are you hard of hearing? Amen. Amen. Well, I can keep on. Let's just hush. Amen. God bless you tonight.